everybody here in person. Good morning and welcome to Gay City Vineyard. My name is George Lang. I'm one of the elders here. And it is a, always a privilege to get the chance to bring God's word and what God has laid upon my heart and, and just pour it out so that uh, the body can, can be uh, encouraged and uplifted, yeah. especially during times like what we have here. So today we are closing out our series, Expectant and Ready. So when I saw this series being developed, I was pretty excited. I was very excited about this topic because expectancy and readiness are very big things because they allow us to have that, that hope in our life, that faith in our life that God is real. That God is here, God is able, God is willing. So I love, I love this series. One of my greatest passions is raising the bar for myself and helping others raise that bar in their own life through their circumstances and, and their ability to, to figure out what's God and where is he when they aren't able to do it for themselves. So it's, it's, it's a huge, huge thing in the life of a believer and in the body. It was a, you know, as a community, I'm gonna change my thought process, I'm sorry about that. As a community, if we all came in every Sunday morning with our baggage through the front doors, our baggage through those doors, but still, we're able to come in into this place with an expectancy that God can remove some of those bags. That he will allow us for a moment to be able to set some of those things down and maybe even be able to walk away from those bags through healing or a word or encouragement from one of our fellow brothers and sisters. So think about what church could look like if an entire community walk through those doors with their day-to-day, -day, with their family stuff, with their work stuff, but still we're choosing to say, I know God will meet me here today. Yeah. Yeah. What a difference that could make in our service. What a difference it would make in our community. What a difference it would make to us because as we come together and see God do amazing things, we get encouraged in that bar. It's lifted a little higher, Amen. and then a little higher, Amen. and then a little higher. So much of Sunday morning can be such a rote process for us. And that's kind of a problem with the traditional, you know, when you get into feeling like this is a traditional church. Because you pack the kids up, you drive, you come out, you listen to some great songs, you listen to a great teaching, you pray, you sing, and you go to lunch. And then Sunday to Sunday, it's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And no space was ever made in your own heart and in the heart of the community to let God be God in our midst. So there, there can be so much more, I want to tell you. So I want to show this, this little example here. What do we have here? Lamp. We have a lamp. What does a lamp do? What 
does it do now? Nothing. It has a plug to do what? Well, it, ha it has a plug to connect to a source of energy, right? This is important. Real important. So we plug it into a source of power. I put it in right. There we go. Anything? It's got a lot of potential though, right? Got a little switch. Now what do we have? Now we have light. And wherever there is darkness, you know, light can penetrate now. It can do what it was created to do, right? So we have to be connected to a power source to make sure our bulb's in good shape. And we have to turn the switch. Should we get some light? So that's very important as we think about these verses that will come up now. So how do we as a people raise our expectations? How do we align with what God can do? One of the things that the Hebrew culture did so much better than what we do is they remembered and they told. They remembered and they told. Generation to generation, they talked and spoke. This is what our God did for me, for us as a people. This is my God. Psalm 105 says, give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. As the church service he's talking about, right? Come in. Proclaim. Make known. Sing. Praise. Tell the wonderful acts. Glory in his marvelous name. And seek his face. So we as a community don't always celebrate the victories of God in our midst very well. But we have victories here. We have quite a few. We have seen God do so many great things. But when they're not talked about, when they're not shared, when they're not distributed among his people, that light gets a little bit dim. We need to hear. Our bar becomes low. And we do the church thing. It's just something we do. We like people, the fellowship, pastor's all right, music's okay, the elder with the baseball hat, he's pretty cool. But the power, the presence, the spirit, where are they? Where are they? What are our victories? So th this morning, let's talk about some victories. I've asked my brother Chris to come and share some things from his life.
that life is a gift, and, and I'm going to trust God, and and I'm going to discontinue treatment so that I can have the most um, just pleasant and, and quality of life moving forward. And God gave her three full years. that God gave her just this amazingly deep peace yeah. about her life. And each time she went, we went to, to the doctor, and the doctor said, well, we looked at the scan, and, and it's still stable, and, and nothing's growing. It just continued to give her that gift of peace. So she, you know, she had, for basically all of her life, she struggled pretty deeply. With, with anxiety and, and depression and, and loneliness. Um, and I, you know, to be clear, those things didn't go away in those three years, but God's peace and God's comfort overwhelmed those things. And so in those three years, I just, I saw God do such amazing things in her of helping her to value and really just see clearly what matters and what's important, yeah. and seeing each day as a gift, and each person in her life as a gift, and yeah. cherishing every moment yeah. that she could spend with, with our kids, living life to the fullest. Yeah. Um, and, and that was a gift, you know, directly from God. Yeah. Um, and she had this amazing peace flow over her where she was, she was no longer afraid at all of meeting Jesus. She knew where she was going. She wanted to live every day as a gift until she got there, but she knew when her time came that that would be a gift too. And I, and that is such a deep encouragement to me and honestly something I aspire to and I want to live into. And the only thing, the only thing that she was afraid of was that this cancer would, would cause this long, prolonged suffering. You know, that, that was what she feared. And that, you know, a little more than a year ago, um, she had a heart attack. And I know, you know, it was super hard on us, obviously, but what an amazing gift yeah. to be able to, to go out that way. Yeah. And validation of, of her decision wow. to, to prioritize the quality of her life. I mean, that church, it, it was a miracle. Um, and, and God gave that to her. So I just wanted to share that. So let's say together, uh, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. With that, um, the, all the kids, grades um, one through six, are going to come with, with Beth and I. Thank you for your patience, kids. And um, I'll hand it back to George. So we have victories here. We have people like, like Patty who enjoyed three years when doctors said six months. We have Mike Honeyka, who was given six months from his stage four cancer. He's still with us after years. Now he's battling. It hasn't been an easy road of years, but when you talk to him, he has that same peace. Amen. He gives God all the glory and what he's thankful for, because he's ready to go home at any moment. Yeah. And he's, he's so ready, but he's thankful that for his family, he's been there. And he's still around, and he still has been able to see the things that they're doing, and he can 
participate. So there's victories here. A couple of years ago, we had a landlord for 12 years would not sell us this building, would not consider selling this building, didn't give a squat about us wanting to try to do something. He knew our finances, so it was probably smart of him. But one, one day, he sent an email, and he said, I would only consider selling this building to you. And all of a sudden, the leaders just latched on to that statement. And we were like, wait, something is going on. Something is happening. And the leadership raised their bar for what they thought could happen. And we immediately said, we can buy this building. Don't know how, but, but something's happening. This door creaked open. And you guys, as we raised a vision and raised a high bar, you guys jumped right in and participated and were a part of all the giving, all the sharing, all that it took for us to own this building today. That's a victory. It's a huge one. It has opened up doors of ministry for us. So we have to share these things. We have to come together. We have to raise our bar when we walk in. So that when we leave this place, that bar is such a high expectancy that every circumstance, every situation, every person we meet, we know God can do and will. So one of the things I love to do is to really press in, really press into God, and anxiously await His presence. I ask Him a lot, God, what are your plans today? What are you going to do today? Where can I find you working? So when you engage God in this way, I hate these glasses, I can see here, but constant up and down. But when we engage God this way, we acknowledge that He is in control. He's got it. I want to clue you in on something. Ministry like this, engagement like this, is very exciting because the amazing thing is that we serve an awesome God who will not and does not disappoint. He always comes through. And, and what's great is it's not always how we expect it. Because a lot of times it's better. It's better. I love, I love how God does it. He's always at work. And seeing him and joining him have a way of elevating our spiritual awareness and our walk. Expectation increases when we become partners with him. I think there's a slide. There we go. Expectation increases when we become partners with him. And that's because we begin to see him working more and more. When we see God working, we get excited. When we see God working, it's encouraging. When we see God working, we know Without a shadow of a doubt, there's a living God. Amen. A living and loving God. Amen. Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14, it's one of, one of our 
versus Patricia and I. David says this about a season where he was being oppressed. I remain confident of this. I will see the, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait yes. for the Lord. Yes. So there's an air of expectation in David. There's confidence, he says. I will see. All caps and bold if you're sending it on, a, on an email. I will see. Not a, I sure hope to see. Or maybe he might do this for me. It's an emphatic trust that he will see the goodness of the Lord. Yeah. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with what? Confidence. Confidence. Are you confident this morning? Yes. And that confidence is so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us when? Time of need. In our time of need. And lately those seem more than less. But isn't it good to know that we can put a full and confident trust in our God? That he will give us everything we need in that time. So we approach with confidence. So a high level of expectation is required in order to have confidence. Confidence is found in knowing the work of God in our life and in our midst. The more I hear what God is doing in your life in a specific situation, the more it elevates my faith. And it elevates my expectation to know that when I'm dealing with something, even if it's not the same thing, I can know that a loving God loves George Lane enough to touch him and provide everything I need in the moment I need it. You know, we always, we always say that God seems to be slow, but he's always on time. Because if sometimes if he came faster, we wouldn't have learned what we needed to learn or experienced what we needed to experience. Because nothing is wasted in the kingdom. Right. Nothing is wasted with God. So a trial that we go through, even though we wished we hadn't gone through it, is possibly a ministry opportunity years down the road when we've forgotten about that situation. And we're talking with a friend and they say, oh, I'm dealing with this right now. Oh, wait, you are? Well, let me tell you what God did. Yeah. Let me tell you what my father did for me when I was dealing with the same exact thing. So confidence is found in knowing the work of God in our life and in our midst. If we're not sharing the victories, we're not giving ourselves or our community the spiritual cal calories that it needs to flourish and to have that greater confidence in God. Let us remember continuously remember all that God has done and let us tell of all those amazing things. Let's make room and make space for the Spirit's work. So Matthew 5.14 it says, you are the light of the world. So this is how I try to approach every day myself. I try. Not perfect. But I try. And not just on Sundays. When I, when I get the opportunity to minister it, I get pumped. I get fired up. Because this is his time. Yeah. This is for his glory. Yeah. This is to, to raise and lift up the name of, 
of the Father and the name of Jesus in our midst. So this, this is easy. Yeah. Because Jesus is awesome. God is good. This is easy. And it fires me up. Because it's his face to say, God, what do you want to do today? Yeah, right. What will I see you do today? Will I see you come and do an amazing miracle? Amen. Or will you do something quiet yeah. with grace and compassion? How would you touch us this morning, Father? So pressing in, that's plugging your plug into the source. Pressing in, yeah. getting in his word, knowing him, truly knowing who he is, and pressing in. They're so important. So I come with an expectation every time I come to these doors of a move of God. I like to come with a heart that wants not only to see God, because I would love to do that, but see how he's going to move. How will he work? Because he's working, constantly working. What's, what's great is these thoughts and questions apply to the entirety of our life. Not just coming in here where it's easy. It's out there in the world. God, what can I see you do in my workplace? God, who are you going to touch at the school? God, these kids I work with, what are you doing in their lives? How can I minister to them where they're at? How can I shine for you in a way that people see that there's something different, that there's a Jesus inside of me that's coming out? How can we do that? But that's the questions we need to ask as we head out of our home. See, in this house, in this building, and in our, our life groups, that's what we build and hone our light-shining skills because it's a safe place. You hone your skill by turning the switch on and, and saying, you know what, I'm a little anxious about this, but I'm going to turn this switch on, I'm going to let that light shine, and I'm going to tell you what's going on in my life. And then letting people in so that they can minister to you. If anything else, they can be there for you. We don't have to have answers, folks. We don't need a theology degree. We just need to be available. God does the work. Yeah. God has the answers, and he'll give them. He'll give answers to them. Yeah. He may clue us in on a couple of things that, that will help along the way, but he does the heavy lifting. Yeah. Amen. These are the things that will allow us to shine to the brightest degree where there is the greatest darkness. And that's important. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, it says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify who? God. Glorify God, your Father in heaven. Not glorify George. Not glorify Paul. Not glorify Trisha. I mean, we're, we're involved in the work. But the glory goes to God. Yeah. Yeah. So a long time ago when I was doing missions, we were at a small church in Nicaragua. And I was talking to the pastor, Pastor Eddie. And I said, Eddie, I don't... I don't, I'm, I'm from the States. I don't know what your people need. What would they like to hear about from God? How can 
I be a vessel that touches them more fully than just trying to think of what they might need when I am not from this culture, I don't live there 24 seven, I don't have a clue about their life. He said, George, these people are poor, they're living in a hard place, they need their hope. They need to know that God can do so much more than what they believe. So after our conversation, I went back to the hotel and I asked God, help me Lord. What can I do to be your vessel for these people? And immediately I saw a vision of a sign. And so I went, got some cardboard, scripted out a sign that said, Levanta su expectativa. Levanta su expectativa. And that means raise your expectations. And the word expectativa also means Raise your expectation. Raise your hope. So for that week, all we did was minister on how to raise expectations, how to lift up that hope. And in small groups and in all our messages, we just hit that hard. And we saw people's lives get changed. We saw miracles happen. Eyes get opened. Ears that could hear where before they couldn't. We saw jobs for the jobless in a week. Mind you, we saw jobs for the jobless and food for the hungry. And what was great was when these people were touched in that way, they became electrified. Yeah. They became fired up. They turned their lights on, and it benefited the entirety of the community around the church. Because then they wanted to take that out and say, if he could do it for us, he will do it for them, and they need it more than I did. And so they got charged up. And it was a great, great benefit to them and their community. So these are some things that help our light reach maximum output. If we're not engaging him, then we will not engage people. We have to engage him so that we have that confidence engage those around us. Because if we don't engage the people, our light is technically dimmed and hidden. And that's not what we're after. Here's the deal. Every single one of us was created for a purpose. And Jeremiah says so. Yeah. Jeremiah was not a bullfrog. Jeremiah <laughs> was a speaker of, of the word of God. Showing my age, three dog night level. But God gave him the words and he spoke them faithfully. And this is what he says about us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you what? Hope. Hope and future. Those plans. They also include clear direction from Jesus himself, found in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is important because the Jesus in every single one of you is meant to shine. Yes. 
We are created in a, in a unique fashion that we take the inside out. Thank you, Lord. Because I got nothing, but he has everything. Amen. And so when I partner with him, it allows Jesus to come forth and be what the person or the people need in that moment. Not George Lane. Amen. I'm pretty dumb by most standards. But Jesus is not. Amen. And he's always there and always available. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be sent out to the nations. It just means that the nations are available. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now this sounds like, oh man, we're being sent all over the place. Well, when you break this down, Acts 1.8 is saying that You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, which is, well, this is part of our Jerusalem. Our neighborhood, our work, our school, that's our, our Jerusalem. And then there's, there's Judea, which is a little bit like going out just a little bit further into the county. Samaria, it's like the state or the broader nation, and then to the ends of the earth, which is the world. But Acts 1-8 can also be interpreted in a more symbolic way, considering the various levels of intimacy in our relationships. We begin with the immediate sphere of influence. What's that? It's your family, your spouse, children, your neighbors. Immediate sphere of influence. Then we have acquaintances outside of our immediate comfort zone, Judea and Samaria. That could be our workplace, our schools, running into someone at the grocery store, the restaurant, treating people with kindness along the way. That's our Judea and Samaria. And finally, those who are culturally and or socially different than us, well, that's the ends of the earth. And we can find that here in Greensboro without driving very far. We have all kinds of communities in here that we can invest in, and they're all outside of our comfort zone. Acts 2.10 says this, for we are God's handiwork, Created in what? To do what? Good work. And where do those works come from? God prepared in advance for us to do. Jeremiah says plans, Acts says prepared. So as these things play out, they give us hope. So what God is saying is we have light to shine. We have Jesus to release into our surroundings. Let's put that light on a stand. Light up this whole church. Light up this city. Light up our community. So that the work we've been given is seen throughout the land. And who is glorified? God, God our Father in heaven. Are you ready to shine? Amen. If you are, that's great. Let's engage with him. Let's make sure we're engaging with him first. Connecting to that power source. And then let's be ready to click the switch at any moment. Whether it's in a grocery store, at your mechanic, anywhere that, that your feet have carried you, there could be an opportunity to turn the switch yeah. and get that light shining. Because someone out there really needs it. Yeah. They really need it.
plug into that, that source and shine. And if you're not ready, remember God is patient. Check your plug. Is it plugged into the source? Are you in the word? Is the bulb healthy? Is it screwed in fully? I mean, the great thing is that God does all the heavy lifting. He's prepared the plans. Yeah. He has prepared the good works. Yeah. We just have to be obedient yeah. and look for them. God does all the heavy lifting. All the moments are ordained by him. There's no cold calls necessary. He gives us everything we need in the moment that we need it. All we need to do is take that step. Raise the bar. Expect God to move. He can do it. He wants to do it. And he wants you to partner with him. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? That we get to be partners in the work. We get to see these things firsthand. When you boil it down, all we're being asked to do is love. And who is abundant love? God. God is love. Jesus is the, the interpretation of that love in our life. Amen. We're just being asked to love. How can you show love to your neighbor? Exhibit kindness to a co-worker or, or someone in the community. Show some compassion in a hard situation. Like I said earlier, the answers are not for us to have. We're just supposed to shine, Jesus. The answers are God's part. Yeah. We are just clay vessels with a treasure inside. Yeah. That light to shine. That should take a little bit of the pressure off you, by the way. Yeah. It takes a lot of the pressure. We, we're not called upon to really do anything except be present. To shine. My favorite prayer when I was doing missions, when I'd see hundreds of people waiting to, the, to come into the miracle service I was running, and I knew nothing how to run a miracle service. And I stood out, and I saw all the things that these people were coming to see God do. And I got a little bit overwhelmed, and I, I walked back outside, and I said, Eddie, I didn't know there was going to be 200 and some people here with all kinds of physical needs. And he's like, that's okay, God knew. Yeah. God knew every person that was coming. And George, he knew you would be here. And so he walked away after saying a, a little bit of a blessing and calming me down a little bit. And I just looked up at the, at the, the night sky because there's not a lot of lights in, in the place we were ministering. So the night sky was just full of the Father's lights. So I turned my eyes up instead of like, oh my God. I fixed my eyes where I thought him to be. And I saw those stars shimmering in the sky. And I knew that I was very small in that moment. And I knew God was very big. And I said, God, I got nothing. So I sure hope you show up. <laughs> that was my prayer. I got nothing. These people need you. They don't need George. They don't need words. They need movement of a Holy Spirit, of a loving Father that can touch them right where they are. The, the great thing is that God doesn't always send the equipped but he surely equips those he sends. Amen. And that's what's so great about our God. But you still should practice your testimony. Talk about what God has done. Yeah. You shouldn't have one testimony. You know, people think that how they came to Jesus is their testimony. But how God handled you 
and brought you out of that terrible car accident, how he provided for you, how he touched your life in different situations, how he rescued you from, from sin and death, how he restored your, your marriage after you dabbled in a lot of pornography, how he moved in your heart and in your life to bring restoration. See, there's testimony after testimony after testimony because God is continuing to work. So we have a message for practically every circumstance. So we should think about that, talk about that. That's why it's so important to remember because remembering allows that light to shine brightly. Don't go through things alone, I implore you. Do not go through things alone. We are meant to be community. We are meant to know when you're hurting. We are meant to understand the pain you're going through so that we can come alongside. And then when God does a miracle in your life and, get, and walks you through that, we are all available to have that bar raised. We're all witnesses to what God has done. So it's not just words coming from someone's mouth in a service. We all were a part of it and we joined in and we said, yes, I saw her in her lowest lows. But then God. And we all go, hallelujah, praise you, Lord. Don't walk alone. Because we weren't meant to do that. Let us join you in prayer, encouragement, and ministry. Open the door so that we can all participate in what God is doing. So we meet, so we all may see the work. That way, that light shines brightly. His goodness is displayed throughout our, all our life and illuminates the entire city, his church on the hill. We become connected string of lights. And a connected string of lights give way more, give off way more light than just one. Amen. If we had just one light shining straight down, it would give a little light, but it wouldn't light up this whole room. But we have connected lights all through the ceiling, and they're all connected. And it lights up the whole room, not just one, one spot. For all that Jesus has done for us, and for all that he continues to do in and through us, this is truly our only one job in the world. We are not to be defined by our worldly role as teachers, accountants, builders, whatever he's called us into. We are tasked with being lights. Romans 5.5, 5, as I close, it says, And hope does not put us to shame. Expectation doesn't put us to shame. Because he shows up. He shows up. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. We have been individually and corporately sent out by Jesus to shine the love of God to others. God's love has been poured out into us in abundance. Let's pour out together from that deep well so others may receive the love of God through Jesus, his son. So let's, let's stand and let's, let's worship our God. Thank you.
bask in your presence. Holy Spirit, we ask you to fall right here in this place. Lord, we ask you to move in every heart represented here. For you folks online, just take a moment, take a deep breath, breathe in life. He is the author and the giver of life. So just take that moment and breathe. We will get quiet here before the Lord. See if you can, you can hear him speak. Direct. Move in your life. Shown to him. 
He was letting his light shine. And they were like, dude, what's up? Tone that down, put a veil over your face. I guess in these days they said, dude, put a mask on it. They didn't get it. I pray that we're people that get it. That we won't ask to tone it down, we'll ask to turn it up. Turn it up. So be blessed. Go and be the church. Go and be the light. Talk to one another. Share of the good things God has done. And if you need prayer, please come and receive from God's heart today what he has for you. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's worship and pray. Thank you.